This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. On the greens, climatologist Don Day of Day Weather spelled out prospects for a challenging growing season for the year ahead in his Comstock AgriVantage webinar presentation. The current La Nina initially began to develop last April and May with the moisture shutting off in the western Corn Belt and Plain States in July and August. Cool Pacific Ocean temperatures associated with La Nina do not put as much moisture up into the air to bring rains into the western Corn Belt. Our crop last year was made using our subsoil moisture reserves that didn't quite last the growing season, as crops died prematurely late summer and fall. USDA subsequently reduced 2020 yields and production into the annual report in January. Day, based out of Cheyenne, Wyoming, expects a warmer-than-normal, drier-than-normal spring for the Plains states and western Corn Belt. The dryness should mark a line with dryness for the west and better conditions for the eastern Corn Belt. The Gulf of Mexico feeds moisture into the eastern Corn Belt, so it is less impacted by La Nina. The first crop to be negatively impacted would be winter wheat. His forecast is for more extreme dryness to be south of I-80. Last year it was south of 990. Models forecast the La Nina extending into July, potentially ending about the same time that it started last year. Given the current poor soil moisture conditions shown on a drought map, it'll be difficult for some crops to get to the reproductive stage without some sustaining rains. The subsoil moisture is gone. I am considering a larger shift to soybeans to avoid corn on corn. U.S. corn and soybean carryover stocks are being drawn down, so there will be no cushion in old crop stocks to buffer a weather threat to new crop. Farmers will respond by adding acres, but it is not as easy as it sounds if drought conditions persist in the western corn belt. Frankly, it is that region that typically finds more acres, so lingering drought will give farmers pause as to how much to plant. Crop insurance price guarantees set this month will enter into the decision process. If the La Nina does last into July, those acres may not produce. There's a 70% chance of a below trendline corn yield in a La Nina year, and the La Nina currently shows no sign of weakening. The 90-day SOI is still trending higher. Don Day uses analog years of conditions to forecast outcomes, and the analog years that he sees as being closest is that 2020 was 2011 and 2021 will be 2012. We will continue to monitor conditions. Based on the La Nina forecast for 2021, weakness in Chicago border trade prices is still a buying opportunity in both old and new crop. Pork export totals for 2020 are in, and the industry is very pleased with 11% growth reported by the U.S. Export Federation. While China was the two-ton gorilla with U.S. pork imports up 56%, there were other successes such as Mexico which stepped up as a rival for U.S. pork. The U.S.-Japan trade agreement showed results with pork export growth to Japan up 5%. There's optimism elsewhere for export growth this year to Vietnam and the Philippines. That is, hope that will counter any slowdown from China as the latter's domestic production recovers from the African swine fever liquidation. U.S. pork is the most competitively priced of pork exporters, and weakness in the U.S. dollar could underline that in 2021. 
The challenge will be sustaining pork exports if China demand slows. I think that this could be an overblown fear as long as U.S. pork is cheap in China's domestic market. The COVID-19 pandemic had a profoundly negative impact in U.S. beef exports in 2020. While they ended last year on a strong note of 12% year-on-year in December, it was not enough to recover what was lost during the spring shutdown, produce a net gain for beef exports for the year. According to CME Group economists, beef exports were off 2.3% overall in 2020. I'm going to blame Packard leverage and demand destruction for that. When Packard's priced beef up out of the market in the spring, export interest shut down as a result. Yes, the industry supply chain was disrupted, but Packers used that as opportunity rather than suffering a liability, and damage to exports was one result. They buried cattle prices while they destroyed beef demand. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.